Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. The folks you rely on to tell you if there's going to be a snow day at school in the winter or flooding in your area in the summer actually get a lot of key information from you. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. The National Weather Service relies on volunteer weather observers to give real-time data on the weather. And that data helps meteorologists make more accurate predictions about potential weather risks. Tim Halbach is the Warning Coordinator Meteorologist for the Milwaukee National Weather Service office. He says they've got a lot of technology to help them make forecasts, but nothing compares to what real people on the ground are reporting. Yeah, we have a lot of great bits of technology. We have radar, which will tell us where the storm is, uh, satellite to tell us how, how big these clouds are looking. But what's something that I think will always be part of our decision-making process is getting information from people that are on the ground. We have, we have all these great tools that have a lot of technology involved with them, but in the end, we need to know what's happening on the ground. So we rely heavily on, in the moment, people telling us you know, how how bad is the storm? What kind of damage are you seeing? Is there a tornado that's occurring? We don't have tools that can just physically tell us that, you know, what's happening actually at the ground. So we really rely on people to, to do these measurements or views from their house or nearby their community. And that information not only helps out for keeping people safe in their own community, but people in communities that are downstream from where that weather is going to be going in the next hour or two. And those people have a title, Weather Observers, right? How do you get that title? What is a weather observer? So anybody can do this. Generally, we want you to have some sort of interest in the weather. Uh, don't want to be forcing you into it. But if you're someone that has uh, you know, one of those little plastic rain gauges in the backyard and you like to go and check it every day to see how much rain you got so you can brag to your neighbor that you got more rain than them, uh, you know, those are the types of people that we look for to help us out. Um, Typically, it's just uh, you know anybody that's got a weather interest. There's some people that we have involved with wastewater treatment plants that have rain gauges that will report to us every day. But otherwise, it's just people that are really interested in the weather. And who isn't interested in the weather? <laughs> well, Tim, where did your interest in weather come from? Uh, so I've always been interested in weather. My dad... Uh, worked at a, a farm service up in Fond du Lac, and I think he had one of the first radars I'd ever seen from, I think, DTN. They had, like, a nice display in the, the office there, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but we would always watch the weather together and uh, talk about how much rain fell and watch the weather channel, things like that. So uh, from a young age, I was interested in it, and I grew up in Fond du Lac, so I witnessed the Oakfield tornado back in 1996. So a lot of different weather things going on that pack, you know, kind of push that passion and interest into me. My relationship when it comes to the weather is I was always shushed by my dad when the weather came on. We had to be quiet. And I think that's ingrained in me now because even, you know, when the weather comes on in my house now, I will shush my husband, even if he's not talking, because <laughs> we've got to pay attention to that kind of stuff. And if you fit into that category of people, maybe it's because your livelihood depends on it. I think becoming a weather observer would be a very fulfilling experience. Do you agree with that, Tim? 
Yeah, so I've actually been doing this myself. So the one of the, the main programs is called Kokoraz, which are people that have rain gauges in their backyard. You know, this time of year they have a, a snowboard out that they measure snow off of. But I've been involved with this program for almost 20 years now, and it's been kind of shocking to see, you know, when we get rain, how little or how much we might actually get. And I have a, a rain gauge that the program uses that, is very specific to the amount of rain that you get. So it's been interesting to see how much rain actually falls in your yard. And one of the, one of the groups that has been really taking an interest in this are master gardeners um, because they want to have a precise documentation of how much rain actually is going into their garden, and that can play a big role into whether you need the water or not. So it's, uh, it, there's a lot of uh, interesting parts that, that come with observing the weather, and part of it is just, knowing what exactly is even happening in your own backyard. And it's not a huge time commitment either, right? Yeah, so if you have, if you participate with uh, Raz, it's the Community Collaborative Rain, Hail, and Snow Network, what you do is uh, find a good spot to put your rain gauge in your yard somewhere, and once a day, 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock, somewhere between 6 and 9 o'clock in the morning, go out, measure it, and we have a website, and there's also an app on your phone that you can use to just log how much rainfall you had. And that information is used by not only us here in uh, the National Weather Service offices, the local ones, but also the river forecast centers. Uh, they use that information to gauge how much water is going into the rivers and how bad, if there's a lot of rain, how bad they might actually get. So that is uh, a better way to, to get your information to be usable and we can't have enough observers, even if there's already, you know, two or three in your city. We, things change over a short amount of uh, time or space. So uh, the more observers we can have as part of this network, the better. Not only do things change fast, but they vary even within a, a small region or small location. I'm sure folks have noticed the amount of rain they've gotten, you know, on one end of the farm may be completely different than the other end. Yeah, and from what I understand, most farmers have either at least one rain gauge or multiple rain gauges out there on each field. And if things can change drastically, even field to field, I know uh, one of my neighbors up the street from me has been part of this Kokoraz, uh, and we compare notes, and I can see where how much he had. And it's, it's amazing just even up the block how much of a difference that can make which is why it's really important for us to, to get a good detailed analysis of how much rain is out there. But it, it typically is not a whole lot of, of work, just the, the one observation in the morning. And if you're on vacation, you can just leave your rain gauge out, and when you come back, you just report on how much is in there when you come back. Something I recently learned, too, from National Weather Service that I think is pretty cool is the real-time measurements. Can you tell me more about that style of reporting? Yeah, so when we actually have either a, a flash flooding event or a severe weather event, we, we need information as you know, that event's going on so that we can warn people that something bad is happening. So when it comes to flash flooding events, we rely on how much rain is being measured at the ground. So if it's been dumping rain at your location, you can sneak outside and measure how much you had. There is a way to report that to us as well so that we can kind of compare what our radar is estimating <clears throat> for rainfall amounts and, uh, you know, compare that to what's actually happening on the ground. So there are times when we ask for people, if, 
typically it's if there's over an inch of rainfall in a, a short amount of time that that level and above is how much is relayed to us because that can tell us how, how bad the situation is. If, if somebody's had nine or ten inches of rain in the past three hours, then we know we have an extremely dangerous situation that's happening with the flooding. So many good reasons to get involved with Raz as a weather observer, weather reporter, uh, whether it's public safety, whether you want to clock in some volunteer time, or whether you just want a more accurate forecast for your area. But another key reason to get involved, Wisconsin seems to consistently come in the number two spot for signing up weather reporters. Minnesota gets number one all the time. How are we going to fix that? Well, I think we need everybody to just sign up that <laughs> is already measuring rainfall in their backyard. Uh, so there's a thing called March Madness. It's not the, the basketball version of it. It's uh, with Kokoraz. We spend uh, March trying to recruit people to, to be part of the program. So uh, there's, it's a little bit of a competition from state to state to try to see who can gain the most new observers each year and Wisconsin has lost the last uh, couple years to, to Minnesota, so we'd, we'd like to try to beat them one of these years. So if you're uh, a nice Wisconsinite and you want to help out and maybe beat your fellow Minnesotans, <laughs> you could sign up this year and help us out. And that was a Midwest nice way to put it, Tim. Do, <laughs> do, you have a, do you have numbers for us, though? Like how many Wisconsinites are involved? How many do we need to sign up to, to get that number one spot? We get a new influx of, uh, typically it's maybe around 100 or so new observers in the, the month of, of March. Part of what we want to do, too, is sign people up that are not going to just sign up and then we don't hear reports from them. Uh, we try to stay engaged and talk with them. There's certain parts of the state that could use more observers than others uh, just to try to fill in some of those gaps. And we have some of those. If you, if you just go to Kokora's website, C-O-C-O, R-A-H-S dot O-R-G. There's maps on there where you can see all the different observers that are reporting every morning. We tend to see a little bit less in the, the wintertime just because it is pretty difficult to measure snow. But during the summertime when it rains out, we get a lot more reports. But we probably have a few hundred reports that come in every morning across the Wisconsin. Tim Halbach joining us. He's the Warning Coordination Meteorologist with the National Weather Service out of Milwaukee. I asked him which areas of Wisconsin he needs more reporters. He says everywhere. There are a lot of blank spaces on the map. If you're already keeping an eye on your rain gauge, it's definitely worth it to sign up to be a weather observer through Coco Raz. You can visit C-O-C-O-R-A-H-S dot O-R-G to sign up or you can type in wisconsinweatherwatchers.org. Either one of those will get you where you need to be. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.